0: For decades, the picture of financial planning looked like this. Work hard and save your money. And eventually, you'll be able to afford a house and a comfortable retirement. But for many young Canadians, that picture is starting to look very different.
1: Back in the day, yeah, you could get a house and everything, but you could put up that same amount of work in, like right now, and you would not be able to get a house. You might be able to pay for some apartment months and some food, and that's about it with all that hard work, you don't really see much for it these days.
0: Welcome to The Great Disconnect, a podcast series from the Manitoba Financial Services Agency. This season, we'll talk about the financial obstacles facing young Canadians, and we'll dig into some of the ways they can take back control. I'm Ainsley Cunningham, Manager of Education and Communications with the Manitoba Financial Services Agency. Over the past five episodes, we've explored financial issues ranging from the high cost of housing to the rise of cryptocurrencies. With so much instability, it can be hard to know how young people can chart a stable financial future. But in this episode, we're going to hear how having a plan can help.
2: In regards to financial planning and what that means to me. Um, along with budgeting, it also means uh, planning for the future when it comes to saving for retirement and uh, just generally having a, a savings account. Um, managing money, you know, it becomes more and more important as you as you get older and you, you know, are less dependent on your parents and you have to, you know, depend on yourself and that kind of thing. So, creating a budget, knowing how much you know, money you can afford to spend on rent, how much you can afford to spend on groceries and other items.
3: Financial planning for me is how much I earn and how much I spend. But I really take care of how much I spend. I have broken it down to 50-30-20 rule. So 50% of my income goes to my needs, which I absolutely need, like things which I can't live without so it is like rent the food and the 30% goes to my wants and the rest 20% goes to my investment and if I'm having a maybe maybe I am having a loan and I have to repay that so that 20% can go towards that.
0: For young Canadians like Cressa and Vroon who've already started thinking about what it means to have a financial plan This kind of thinking ahead is made harder by things like inflation and rising costs.
3: I was reading about one report before coming here from Manitoba's Office of Center of Policy. And they were stating that, you know, the minimum wage which is required here in Manitoba is um, $18.34, you know, for a family of two with a children of two. And though we don't have a family here, but Um, the minimum wage is far less and we can't incorporate planning for the inflationary price.
0: So in an unpredictable time, why
2: is a financial roadmap still important? It's really hard to all of a sudden have to readjust. If you don't do budgeting or you don't keep a close eye on where you're spending, it can go quite quickly. And it's, you know, groceries alone, um, you know, people's grocery budgets have probably doubled. Um, and if you're not paying attention to that, all of a sudden, you know, you start having debt. Uh, and that can be quite scary. So, yeah, it, you know, how do you plan for something when you don't know what the next year is going to bring? This is financial planner Carolyn Lucier.
0: Lucier says tracking spending is often the first step in financial planning. For many, investing is the second step, and Lucier says incorporating investing
2: into planning goes beyond dollars and cents. So planning means you know setting the goals, um, reviewing them, setting you know monetary goals. So for. Reti- for retirement, for example, um, are you accessing beyond that investment platform? Are you accessing a planning um, software or, or calculator? And are you making sure you're including all of the important assumptions? And what are those assumptions? And are you reviewing it regularly? There's so many more options out there. I remember when I started in this industry, and the advisor and mentor I was working with recalled the day where it was just GICs or term deposits, and you literally went door to door and would you like a one-year or a five-year GIC? That was it. And now there's you know mutual funds, segregated funds, balance mixes. There's these stocks. There's this. There's just so many options, which is fantastic, but challenging because sometimes when you're faced with so many options, the reaction is to do nothing or to potentially choose the option that doesn't actually isn't the right fit for your um, stage or risk tolerance uh, or whatnot. Uh, that's probably the big one. I would say there's there's more vehicles too. So when I say vehicles, I mean, you know, the RSP or a TFSA, you know, the TFSA's are rather new still. Are, are, uh, the previous generation didn't have access to that. And again, it's, it's amazing. They're a great, great vehicle and tool to have, but it can be confusing. Should, you, should I do a TFSA deposit or an RSP deposit? Maybe I won't do any because I don't know. Um, and I think that that can um, be challenging, absolutely.
0: For an increasing number of young Canadians, investing is a solo pursuit. And that's where people like Simon Belanger come in.
4: I'm the uh, co-host of the Canadian Investor Podcast. Uh, we release a, an episode twice a week, and it's been going on now for actually close to three years.
0: Several years ago, Belanger and his co-host, Braden Dennis, identified a need for more content focused on investing in Canada and decided to start the podcast. In the pandemic, their audience has exploded.
4: So, it was something we noticed as soon as the lockdowns kind of started. I think it was like end of March 2020, uh, if I, my memory serves me well. We definitely saw our numbers uh, go up and it's been increasing ever since. But I think it was really, there was nothing else to do. So, people were trying to, you know, find something to do, whether it was watch some um, shows on Netflix, um, listening to podcasts. I know a lot of people unfortunately got laid off. So, they, I think, a lot of people, too, were fortunate enough to be eligible for SERB. So you have oftentimes this extra money that you would normally spend on activities and then you decide to uh, look to invest it. So you want to build that base. And I think a lot of people found it probably reassuring because the markets drop about 30 percent, the main indices during that time. And, uh, you know, we felt it like everyone. But I think just the fact that we weren't panicking, uh, staying the course and uh, continuing to invest I think it it reassured, I think a lot of people, we got some nice comments from it for sure. Yeah.
0: But in an investing landscape where more people are going it alone, the podcast had a bigger mission, building financial literacy.
4: So people at least have the basics to uh, to invest, especially if they're doing it on their own. Uh, because there are certain things that we, you know, a lot of people may take for granted that they know because they've been doing it for a while. Uh, just things like just knowing how to open an account, which accounts to open. Um, there's some simple strategies that people can do as well, like index ETFs. Very easy if you just learn the basics and then you can dollar cost average, which is just investing regularly in these funds, they're very low fees. um, And fees is really something we kind of hammer on because a lot of these index funds, um, there are some actively managed equivalents. Uh, Canadians historically have paid a lot for their mutual funds, and that's what banks and financial institution tend to push if you go to them. They'll usually charge upwards of one, 2%, and that makes a huge difference. Not a lot of people take the time to actually crush the numbers and look at compound income calculators and just like you know 50 basis points or 1% the difference it can make over decades um it could be the difference in you know several hundred thousand dollars if not more depending on how much money you're investing um so just having those basic that's why we try to explain to people we will dive in into more complicated concepts as well um so we really try to you know explain as best as we can and just the various things that we you know, we probably know, but we want to make sure people have that base when they start investing.
0: Enoch Omolulu, founder of the personal financial blog Savvy New Canadians, says he's seen how the search for lower fees drives people to self-directed investing.
5: So these investment apps, uh, they make it easier for people to invest. Uh, so when, when people are asking me, OK, how, how do I buy, buy a stock, for example? Uh, where, where can I buy these stocks for cheaper and, and the likes? So on the pro side, people are they, they, they find the investment apps very easy to use. Uh, on the on the downside, though, what, what what the the feedback I get is that uh, one is some of these apps do not provide uh, as much information as people would like, background information, fundamental analysis, and all of that, so that they actually understand why they're buying a stock. Uh, uh, what the stock has done in the, in, the, in the last little while what the stock is co- the company is doing right now so financial information. so that leads them to pretty much act on just the impulse of just looking at the price action. and what what happens then is with the current situation of things now is people are like what do i do with this my stocks they are like 40 percent down because i bought these tech stocks uh, are these stocks ever going to come back come, come, come back up? should i have bought an index fund instead? Uh, are supposed to buy individual stocks.
0: Omolulu says the same feature that makes these apps attractive, being self-directed, can be a drawback for some people.
5: And so all these issues of diversification, investment management, professional advice, because, oh no, I called this particular company and they said they don't provide financial advice. I thought financial advice was part of me signing up for the app. But no, it's not not a robo advice. So you have you actually signed up for a self-directed account, uh, so you don't get financial advice alongside that. So uh, yeah, I would say the challenges I have I have come across really come across, really converge on the ease of investment apps and the downsides of that as well. Uh, and people just sort of coming to the realization that. The market is not always on, on, on in a bull, bull cycle. <laughs> there is actually like the, the ups and downs. It's, it, it's an investment, which means you should uh, be looking at potentially going through some periods where, where the market is down.
0: Even with the information available online to fill in these gaps, some young Canadians say it's hard to know what to trust. And that's why young people like Destiny say they rely on a financial planner.
1: Personally, I have my mom's same financial advisor that she had for thirty years plus. So I'm now with them, and um, I've actually had um, other people try to give me these. I don't know these places in Winnipeg that they give financial advice out. And I remember the one time I called them because I am a homeowner, and um, we were having a conversation. I need to know stuff, and they. Had they were like, okay, well, I'll have to go Google it. So it's just not having the proper information unless you go to the right people. And it's like, I could have gotten some Google it information compared to if I go down to my bank and talk to my financial advisor, that I'm getting real information that there is
0: facts behind that and proof. So, yeah. For Carol and Lucy, understanding the role of a financial planner. And the role they play in building a financial picture beyond investing is part of being financially literate.
2: I think that's why I wish there was maybe more, you know, on the financial literacy literacy side, um, an awareness of financial advisors. Like I think traditionally they're at banks or credit unions or, you know, when we work independently, we don't market. Um, you know, we don't we don't have a uh, I've, yeah, I think I've seen maybe a handful of financial planners um, do a commercial or something like that, and we just don't. Um, and so, yeah, where do you find that right fit? And I think the fit is so important so that you can have those conversations that aren't just say $50 a month and you'll get here. I think it goes, like I said, beyond that and really trying to have a right fit with a financial advisor so you can feel comfortable asking a question or sharing something that's been bugging you um, to, you know, do, do the financial planning um, so that you'll succeed. So, you know, a good step is maybe finding out who, if your parents do have a financial planner, who they are. I've also heard bad stories of that because then you're meeting someone. I mean, that person has to be the right fit for you as the individual, not just because they were your parents' financial advisor. So it's, it's a tough one. I'd love to somehow see the industry as a whole um, well, it's things like this, you know, having these types of podcasts to talk about it, to maybe it just gets in someone's ear and that and that helps someone say, yeah, I'm gonna go and search out a good fit. But again, you may need to go and interview a few financial planners and you, and you should interview them. And I say that to be, when I meet someone for the first time, regardless of where they're at in, in life or what stage of planning they're at, um, I like to just have an initial meeting with, with no pressure. And I usually end it with, you know, if you would like to continue this re- relationship or if we both feel this is a fit, Then this is the next step. But in that first meeting, as much as people sometimes come with their statements and want me to advise, I actually take a step back and I say, no, like, let's get to know each other. I'd like – I have questions that I want to – you know, certainly they dig into, you know, what assets and whatnot. But there's a lot of personal questions in there because it's a long – a long-term relationship. I just said to clients of, uh, new clients of mine, we were laughing, I said, no, you've got me for the long run here. Like I'm, my goal is to be here through your retirement. Um, Again, depending on age range, I do want to retire at some point myself, but, um, and, uh, and so to really find that fit for longevity.
0: For young people facing big financial hurdles, it's easy to feel alone. But whether it's developing a budget or building an investment portfolio, independently or with the help of a professional, there are resources out there. And some experts say in challenging times, the first step toward a more stable financial future is to talk to someone
4: take the time to learn, ask questions. If you're not sure, there's tons of good resources right there. These sites um, are not trying to sell you anything. They're actually trying to give you really good information. They're not trying to sell you any products. So if you can find these sites that are, you know, oftentimes crown corporations or non-for-profits, um, you can get some really good information, learn at your own pace and just be able to ask questions too. Uh, No one cares more about your, you know, your financial future than yourself. Um, So it's worth investing in some time in yourself. I know it can, you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming at first, uh, but just the, uh, you know, the feeling you'll get when you start learning about it I find it very addicting because you you know you want to learn more maybe it's my personality but uh, being able to do that and just uh, you know I like to explain to people and teach and if you can learn and maybe teach a few people on your own as well whether it's your friends and families um, it can really go a long way you know anyone can do it
0: That's it for this season of the Great Disconnect podcast. Thanks for listening. For more information on how to create a financial plan, go to the Money Smart Manitoba website. There you'll find planning resources and a reminder that young people don't have to do this alone.